Alright, so we are going to do another uh, presentation of a biblical location. Last week we talked about the immovable ladder, uh, which was something that was right out uh, as part of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Today we are, uh, I, I guess I titled this one, Something Isn't Adding Up. And have you ever had somebody tell you a story and it's just like the story's not really making sense? And they're giving you all these facts and details and you start putting two and two together and it's like, we've got some inconsistencies in the story. Something's not adding up. And so when it comes to um, the uh, Temple Mount, which you see a picture of right here, you've got the Dome of the Rock. This is where they tell us that Solomon's Temple was. And if you go there and you see some other places that they show you and you start putting all these two and two together, it's like, wait a minute, this doesn't really make sense that the temple was ever ever here. And so the thing is, I've been looking a lot into the history of what made them start calling this the temple uh, mount, and that might be a su another subject for another day. But I want to focus on something very specific that the Bible talks about, that again, if you've never been over to Israel, you're not really going to think about these things a whole lot. But... When you go over there and they start telling you, you know, according to the Bible, this is here, you start all of a sudden paying a little more attention to details in the scriptures. And this is like, yeah, something's not adding up. I think when it comes to this area that everybody likes to focus on, I think we're kind of being fed some baloney. And what, but what changed that, uh, what kind of changed everything was a discovery that was kind of confirmed in 1880. And that was the discovery of the Gihon Springs or, not, or Hezekiah's Tunnel is what it's known as. It was 1880 when that was discovered. And I'll say more about that in a little bit. But when they found that, it was like kind of positive confirmation that changed a lot of things. The problem is traditions associating this area had been ingrained in them for hundreds of years to the point that there was no way anyone was going to change anything. And, and so I want to talk about, I want us to go to the Scriptures, see what the Bible says, and then we're going to kind of look at some uh, of these discoveries they've made and see if something, so something's not adding up. And there's a reason. And so when you figure out what does add up, that's when you can kind of figure out where the truth is. But in first, go ahead and turn over to 1 Kings chapter 1 and verse 32 it says, And King David said, Call me Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And they came before the king. And the king also said unto them, Take with you uh, the servants of your Lord, and cause Solomon my son to ride upon mine own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. And let Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, anoint him there, king over Israel, and blow ye with the trumpet, and say, God save King Solomon. Then ye shall come up after him, that he may come and sit upon my throne, for he shall be king in my stead, and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king and said, Amen. The Lord God of my Lord, the king, say so too. And the Lord hath been, as the Lord hath been with my Lord the king, even so be he with Solomon, and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord King David. So Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down and caused Solomon to ride upon King David's mule, and brought him to Gihon, 
And Zadok the priest took an horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon, and they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, God save King Solomon. So, right here, um, or in this story, we see the anointing of King Solomon as king. If you remember the story before David died, uh, he had a son, I think it was Adonijah, who decided, you know what, I'm the king. He just basically declared himself king. And Nathan found out about it, got Bathsheba to go to David. They said, hey, you've got to do something. You've got to choose the next king. And, and so uh, that's exactly what they did. And they went and they anointed Solomon. And they did it at Gihon. Because Gihon, too, this is where the house of the Lord was. This is where the tabernacle was. So he gets Zadok the priest and they do this ceremony at the tabernacle. This is before a temple. And uh, when did the tabernacle get put? in this spot where David is uh, having Solomon be anointed. Well, in 2 Samuel 5, 7, it says, Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. And so we know from multiple scriptures, we're not going to go to all of them, that the temple was in Zion or was in the city of David. That is spelled out uh, many times in the Bible. And in 1 Chronicles 21, 15, it says, And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it, and as he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repented him of the evil and said to the angel that destroyed, It is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and the heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand, stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel, who were clothed in sackcloth, fell upon their faces. And David said unto God, it is not, um, is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me and on my father's house, but not on thy people, that they should be plagued. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And so, right here is where we can find out how the tabernacle got there. David ended up purchasing that place, and that is where they placed the tabernacle in 2 Samuel 6.16. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the, a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle, that David had pitched for it, and David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings unto the Lord. And so, notice that the temple or the tabernacle was put in the city of David, which is Mount Zion. The Bible tells us that uh, it was on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And in Second Chronicles three one says, then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. So right there, the Bible just explicitly tells us that Solomon built the temple on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. In that place where uh, the, or, uh, that David had purchased, that place where they had uh, placed the tabernacle, all these different things that happened there, and the Bible tells us too, that is where Solomon was anointed to be king. And you know, when, when you're reading these stories, you know, and it's giving you all the details of these locations. That just doesn't really preach, does it? You know, uh, you're not going to hear a lot of sermons on that because, um, you know, 
What is the life application, right? And I'm not saying these details aren't important, but, um, you know, if you're not somebody who knows all the details of biblical geography and all that kind of stuff, does not mean you're a bad Christian. Most of us have no reason to know all that stuff. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where these places are. Not for us as Christians. However, politically, these things matter big time, don't we? Don't we have an entire movement of people in independent fundamental Baptist churches like trying to get our politicians to support Israel? Meaning, support them against the Palestinians? I mean, aren't Christians, wouldn't they, most Baptists would fully embrace and support the Jews taking over this area, tearing down the Dome of the Rock, which would cause a major war that we would get involved in, where we would have soldiers die, where billions of tax dollars would go towards funding these things. We know all those things would happen, but yet Christians, they still support that. And so the thing is, because of the fact that, you know, some, you know, stuff about this area is affecting our American politics, it's affecting things that are being preached in churches, if somebody comes along and says, hey, wait a minute, let's actually look at the details of this and ask ourselves, is this even the place? You know what? I think we ought to be allowed to talk about that. I think we ought to be allowed to look at that. And what you're going to find out is that their story they're telling you about this area doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't make any sense, yet it's affecting people's politics, and I think that's shameful. And Christians have got to stop with this. And, and a lot of Christians are. There's a lot of Christians who still believe in a future revival for Israel, which is I, I completely disagree with, but they believe in that, but they, are, they have learned that doesn't mean we support Israel today. They are lost, and so... Uh, more and more Christians are getting away from this Jew worship, uh, supporting of Israel. And I'm glad to see that. I I'm really glad to see that. But this is just one more thing to just remind them, you're being lied to by these people all the time. So, uh, so again, the big question is, though, according to history, according to the Bible, the temple was destroyed. Jesus said there wouldn't be one stone left upon another, right? So if the temple was completely destroyed like Jesus said... And history also tells us that they tried to remove the memory of the temple from that, from that area. Then is there anything specific that we could even look for to show us where the temple was, to help us identify the spot? And the truth is, it, we could if we found something that was there before the temple, like the Gihon Springs. If they find that, then that's a huge discovery right there. That's something you could still expect to find. And so if Bible prophecy said the temple is going to be gone, not one stone left upon another, well, the last thing you're going to be doing is looking for stones of the temple, like from the Wailing Wall. You're not going to be, you're not going to be looking for that. You know, you're, you know you're not going to find those stones because of the fact that it was, said, it was uh, prophesied they would be removed. And according to history, they were, just like Jesus said. But we could possibly find the Gihon Springs that's mentioned. We could find something like if we could find Hezekiah's tunnel. We see in Second Chronicles 32.30 says the same Hezekiah also stopped the upper water course of Gihon and brought it straight down to the west side of the city of David 
And Hezekiah prospered in all his work. So notice, they diverted the water to the west side of the city of David. You always see that. I never paid attention to these things before, but it is amazing how often when it's talking about the temple, it's talking about Zion, it's talking about the city of David, it talks about Gihon. You see those things mentioned all the time. Okay? Now, the thing is, we could take any area over here and I could say, well, that's Zion. Or that's Zion. Okay? But again, but because there's mountains all over the place. So you could just declare it whatever mountain you want. But springs. Okay? The only record of any spring that they ever know about historically, biblically, is the Gihon Spring in Jerusalem. In fact, if you were going to start a settlement in the city, wouldn't you start near the water too? And that's exactly what they did. And, and so the, and the, that, that Gihon Springs is the only one they've ever found. They've never found any spring anywhere in this area. They never, they never found anything like that. But the Bible talks about Hezekiah diverting the water. And it says uh, in Second uh, Chronicles 33, 13, And prayed unto him, and was entreated of him, and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem and his kingdom. The Manasseh knew the Lord that he was God. Now after this, he built a wall without the city of David on the west side of Gihon, in the valley, even to the entering in at the fish gate, encompassed about Ophel and raised it up a very great height and put captains of war and all the fenced cities of Judah. And he took away the strange gods and the idol out of the house of the Lord and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem and cast them down out of the city. And so there you see Gihon being mentioned again. You see the house of the Lord being mentioned there, the wall on the west side of the city. So having said all that, again, it's, it's hard to get pictures in your mind, but I do want to try to get you some pictures. So again, this is the traditional Temple Mount area. That's the eastern gate there. Here to the south, over in this area, is, uh, over, uh, you can't really see it in this picture, is where the Jews today, they will tell you, this is the city of David. This is where the Gihon Springs is. This is Mount Zion. They're signs. Point to all these things. They will tell you, this is where Jerusalem started. They will tell you, this is where Solomon was uh, anointed to be king. That's, this is, these are all the things that they'll tell you when you're over there, which I would make sense that the Gihon Springs is there. And so let's look at, um, let's look at some more pictures on here. I'm not sure if I pushed the right button there. All right, so this is, it's not a high resolution picture. So now, this is that south side, but this area in here is the city of David. And then right here, yeah, they'll say all this here is the city of David. Notice it outside those old city walls, outside of the Roman fortress Antonia, uh, is what I believe that is. And so, uh, let's look at a few more pictures, but this is, and this, this is a thing outside at the entrance called the city of David. So they've got stuff all over telling you this is the city of David. This is an area that they've excavated. Um, this is pretty neat. But notice how those are the city walls there. Notice how low all this is. The way they used to do it back then, whenever they would rebuild, they would just build on top of what was there before. And so this, I mean, you can see, this was all of this was underground. And we're, I'm going to show you some Bible prophecy in a little bit that said that's exactly what was going to happen. They have removed tons and tons of dirt and just trash. This whole area, 
that I believe is very near where the temple was. It was all just kind of like a trash heap where they just threw everything. And they've been digging this up for years and just finding all kinds of interesting things. Finding things, you know, evidence that, you know, priests used to do a lot of their work there. Uh, let's go to the next one. So, yeah, here's just another entrance there. City of David. No conspiracy. That's what they call it. You know, they figured out this is the place. So, the, right here is a spot where I was at where um, these areas here, they have what they call mikvahs, which were all, uh, it's where priests would go and bathe and cleanse themselves before they would go do their ceremonial things. This is going to be in close proximity to the temple. There's Brother Paul there. And uh, this is all stuff that they've dug up, you know, fairly recently in recent history. Here's some walls. All of this was buried. Every bit of that. Uh, hundreds of years. They will tell you these walls go back to the second temple period. That's a, that area I showed you before. These are pictures I took. They'll say this is all second temple period stuff. So from before the time of Christ, from before Herod's temple, before the Romans came through and destroyed everything that was there. This is the stuff that was there before that, and it had, it's been underground for hundreds of years, recently dug up, and then, this isn't a high-resolution picture either, but this is Hezekiah's tunnel, all carved out of rock. A water course that goes from that Gihon Spring, the only spring they've ever found around there, that diverts the water over to the west side of the city of David, exactly like the Bible says. And this is a pretty amazing accomplishment, too, where you can see how they carved out out of rock. And uh, what they did, they started in two opposite ends. I forgot how long it is. It seemed like it took us forever to walk through it. Um, but um, they started at two different ends and met in the middle. And I don't know if they know for sure how they were able to guide it and get it in the right spot. They think they did some stuff with sound by getting on top of the rock and doing something to kind of make noise so they could know which direction to go. And you, you can see there's spots where they kind of had to readjust because they were getting off course a little bit. But it was a pretty, uh, pretty impressive accomplishment. And it, it's really cool to walk through this thing. I mean, so this is ancient, uh, ancient stuff. And, uh, and it was discovered in 1880. Right here's the exit. And this is, they call this the Pool of Siloam that the Bible talks about. They believe this is the pool of Siloam and all that water comes from there. So, again, you know, that, and I'm going to show you too something that they found that kind of shows that Hezekiah's tunnel. But, if there was a time when the tabernacle was in this area, when the temple was in this area, now obviously, even this right here, Solomon's temple wouldn't have been like in this spot. It would have been built over it. Because, again, they would always build over things. And Solomon's temple was completely destroyed. Her or Herod's temple, I'm sorry. Herod's temple was completely destroyed. That was the one there wasn't one stone left upon another. And so, uh, Solomon's temple had been destroyed before. But what this, this is part of an area that they call the altar of Melchizedek. Okay? And so, what this is, what they found here proves they used to do sacrifices. They'll tell you. This is what they tell you. They will tell you this area is where Solomon was anointed to be king. They will tell you sacrifices used to be done here. They'll, they'll tell you this is where the city of Jerusalem started. 
This is the city of David. I mean, I was there. I'm going to show you a picture of the guy who was like giving the tour and explaining everything. And so he's like giving us all these facts that all you have to do after they give you all these facts, you look at Second Chronicles 3 or, or First Chronicles, whatever it was, and it says Solomon built the temple there. And then you just raise your hand and you say, so wouldn't this be where the temple was? No. Well, that doesn't make sense. You know, they, they'll, t- they'll, and so what they've done is they've just declared this the altar of Melchizedek because we know Melchizedek, he was king of Salem. He was a priest of the Most High God during the time of Abraham. So what they've just decided is this must be where Melchizedek did his thing, which very well could be true. I mean, it would kind of make sense that where Melchizedek did his thing, that that's where David would put the tabernacle and where God would want the temple to be built. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the spot where Melchizedek did his thing. But at the same time, too, why isn't this where the temple was? And they can't really give you any reasons. The only reasons that they will give you is no, we know it's this other area, and, and you're anti-Semitic. You know, whenever, whenever you, that's pretty much the go-to for everything. It's, it's really aggravating. But they, they think they were stands there. This is like an olive press. They said they say this is like a blood channel where the blood would, all the blood would flow after they'd kill the animals. They would say this is like a slaughter. They'll tell you this is like a slaughter area for the animals. So I don't think the temple was here, but this is where they would, you know, kill the animals, prepare the sacrifices, and do all these things. And yeah, and the blood would flow through there. Uh, they've got these stalls in there, uh, in the stone that they would put the animals in. Um, but uh, oh, that's just a picture of me there. So I mean, this is super ancient. This is this stuff is I forgot what year they dug all this up. Um, but this is um, in modern times when they found all this. I mean, these are these are huge discoveries that again when you start asking questions. And so um, Elie Shukran, he's the one who uh, found. He's the one who's led all this. Who found all these things. He, they even found a bell that they um, believe was from the priest garments that the Bible talks about that they would wear. That, that he, they, they actually, he found one of those, a big discovery. That was, I'll go back. That was Robert Cornuke. I put that on there because we were watching that documentary with him just to flex and show, yeah, I know that guy. Uh, but he, he is, he, he's a really interesting guy. So this here, um, I don't know if this is the original or a copy of it, but... Um, again, there were certain things they had found before 1880. You know, they found evidence of water from the spring. I think even some of the tunnel. But um, one of the stories I was reading, and here's the thing: when you're reading these stories, you never know which ones are Jewish fables and which ones actually happen. What's history? What's not history? But so I'm, I'm just telling you one of the stories I read about how they found this. But um, I forgot the name of the guy who was an explorer who had found this, but he was working with a young man who was a native of Israel, who was the adopted son of H.G. Spafford, who um, wrote It Is Well With My Soul. Um, and those of you who don't know much about H.B. Spafford, he wrote It Is Well With My Soul, but some years after that, he started a cult and uh, lived in Jerusalem. And uh, yeah, he had, he, had a, he had a really weird cult, but he lived in Jerusalem and he, um, but yeah, he, I guess he adopted a son and this guy was helping him. He fell down in part of this area and was feeling around, was able to feel this. And it's a carved, it's a carving explaining, I forgot what it says exactly, 
because uh, you can't see all of it. But it's basically just giving some details about how they made the tunnel. And I guess that's how they know how they did a lot of these things. And according to the writing, uh, you know, they had the style of writing and letter and all that kind of stuff. They date it back to the time of Hezekiah. And so this stone, this car, or this uh, carving that was in the wall there that they took out, that basically gave proof that, yes, this is, in fact, Hezekiah's tunnel. So, again, they had found some evidence of it before, but it was like 1880 when they got positive confirmation. This is Hezekiah's tunnel. This is the Gihon Springs. Now, that changes everything. Okay? That ch but the Jews had already been worshiping the Temple Mount area for probably 800 years. Okay? And you know, they'll tell you they've been going to that area you know, since you know, the first century and before that. But in reality, from my research, it, it seems like that spot got cemented in history. I think it was around 1099 when the Crusaders took it over. And they declared where the mosque was uh, to be where the temple was. And then, you know, the Jews got in on it later. Um, so, you know, again, there's all kinds of versions of history out there. But it does seem like 1099 uh, was kind of the, I think that was the last of the pictures that I had there. But, again, so what, uh, them finding that, that discovery of Hezekiah's tunnel, that proved that area was the city of David. It proved that area was Mount Zion. They've got signs there. It's a big tourist attraction. Oh yeah, here's a, so here's kind of a picture of that area. Uh, this picture here is just an extra one I put on here, bonus. But uh, according to Robert Cornuke, I think it went, went past it, um, he believes, he thinks it's very possible. He just wrote a book about it. I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten it yet. But he thinks somewhere in this area is actually where Jesus was crucified, which is pretty cool. And um, which none, there's two places in Israel today where they say Jesus was crucified, and this is not one of those places. But again, if everybody has the Temple Mount area wrong, they're going to have a bunch of stuff wrong. And so um, remember, too, last week when we talked about the, um, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, okay, that agreement that was made... You know, that was made before 1880. I think that was made in the 1870s. And so just understand the current situation that you see in Israel when it comes to uh, the political situation or the, the locations of things. It's been that way for hundreds of years. It hasn't been that way for 2,000 years, but for, for hundreds of years. And so understand that they had already decided these places, this is where Jesus was crucified, this is where the temple was, this is the Garden of Gethsemane. They decided all of these things based on very little evidence and before they found the Gihon Springs and Hezekiah's Tunnel. And so that should have changed everything, but people are so locked into their tradition, it's just not going to happen. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's what you could say is just an inconvenient truth. You know, it was a find that offered proof that people didn't want you know, them to prove. And it's kind of like the, uh, I got to be careful these days what I say about, you know, any of the stuff the news media is saying, but like all the Trump, you know, Russian stuff, you know, when these reports come out that prove something that's different than the narrative, what do they do? Cancel them, silence them. And so that, that same thing happens in Israel. They find things all the time that prove 
that what they're feeding everybody's baloney. But what do they do? They just cancel those people. You know, and if, if you want to be an archaeologist in Israel, if you want to give tours in Israel, you want to be a tour guide or something like that, you know, you have to agree to certain things. And if you go over there and you say different than what they tell you to say about the different places, you will be fired. You, you, all there is to it. And there's, there's a bunch of American tour guides and things over there, but they, I mean, we talked to one of them. They tell you what to tell them. And so these people, they'll come and they'll tell you about all their credentials and everything. And they'll, they'll talk and they'll show you all these areas and describe things as if they did the research and they discovered it. Obviously, they didn't. You know, it was, it was somebody else that did. But they, what, everything they're telling you, it's not based on their research. It's based on what they were told to say. And it really doesn't matter. And the one guy I, I talked to, yeah, you know, he just, he said... Because he, he was he was telling us all this stuff, you know, giving all these details about um, the Wailing Wall tunnels, and I remember, you know, I'm asking all these questions, and so after hearing all these things, I kind of wanted, you know, he was saying it like he was the authority and knew all this stuff, but he wasn't going to be there the next day when when I was wanting to take the tour, and so I, I remember asking him about it. He's like, well, that's okay, you know, the other guy, he's going to say the exact same thing. Which was just kind of weird because he was kind of saying it like this was his observation and everything. And it turns out that's not how it is at all over there. They tell you what to say. And if you do, if you ever want to get a job over there giving tours of areas, um, you better stick to the script. Somebody reports you, you'll be fired and you will lose your credentials. And then you will be labeled as somebody who's you know, not qualified to speak of those things. So that's just in that... That's how it is. It's getting that way in America with pretty much everything. And so, um, it, so it, yeah, uh, so look at Micah 312 because notice too, I'm going to go back to one of the other pictures. I want to point this out because this, so this is, it's very interesting how they would build over the old cities. But yeah, so I, I just thought this was fascinating because you can see this is the main road up here. And like, I mean, Oops, from, from there all the way down. I mean, that is several feet that they had to dig to find all this stuff. Come on, this thing's not working right. You know, they, yeah, so, I mean, look, look how many feet they had to dig down just to get to all this. And they will tell you, this is Second Temple period stuff. So this is actually built... On other stuff, you know, on top of other stuff. So I mean, it is. It's this is really foreign to us in America because we just don't have anything this old. But it really is fascinating. And in Micah three twelve, it says, "Therefore Zion, for your sake, shall be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps, and the mountain of the house of, as the high places of the forest." So it said it's going to become heaps, and that's what happened. This air, this Roman area up here, obviously kept going. They kept doing things here. But this area that they destroyed where the temple was, like the Bible said, it just kind of became a garbage dump where they piled everything up. You can go out to buy any landfill. And you know what you see at any landfill? You see heaps. Because what do they do? They put all that garbage out there, and then later they cover it up with dirt. And there, there's big heaps. Uh, somewhere in the suburbs I used to drive by this place. It's a big golf course. This is real high in this unnatural high area and they put a golf course there used to be a garbage heap 
and they just piled everything up and they, they eventually put a golf course over and it looks, it looks really nice. That's what this was. This was a heap. This was a garbage heap. Just like the Bible prophesied and over the last hundred years, they've just been digging it all up and they will tell you that that's exactly what it was. Just like the Bible says. And so when we, when we look at these things, the obvious questions when we see all this is, doesn't this mean this area is where the temple was? But you know what they'll tell you every time? No. And we're just supposed to go along with it. Why? Because it goes against tradition. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but it's offensive to the Jews to say otherwise. And you know what? We, this should not be foreign to us. Okay? Just, just hear me out on this. Like Baptists, they have, they have fallen into this thing where we can't say anything that's offensive to the Jews, even if it goes against reality. And who are the people, too, pushing this new philosophy that you can't say anything against the fantasies of the trannies? Because, you know, that's offensive to them. But it's like, but the guy's a dude. doesn't matter. He thinks he's a girl. You better play along with it. Oh, and just like it's illegal. You know, I, I just heard on the news, and, you know, I don't, I don't believe in anti-Semitism. I don't believe in making swastikas and all that. But it was all over the news yesterday or the day before. Somebody put a swastika on a trash can. And the police are investigating, trying to figure it out. Are they everybody okay? You know, every, I mean, did, did a bunch of Jews get hurt from that? How, how many died as a result of that? I mean, obviously, I'm against graffiti. <laughs> but good night, we're going to have police investigating stuff like that. that? That's ridiculous. And that's how it is today. You know, you say anything against the tranny fantasies and stuff like that, you're a terrible person. You're all, you know, transphobe. You're all these things. Don't you dare say anything like that. But here, here's the thing. When we realize the truth about all this, then it's like, why do they care so much about the Temple Mount? You know, and they've, it's, it's been a fight for nothing. And that's why they'll never admit it. But, you know, I refuse to move to their fantasy land. I think we ought to stay in Realville. And when something doesn't add up, it's because something's not right. They're not giving you all the facts, all the details. And so um, the, the discovery of Hezekiah's tunnel, it was a big thing. It, changed, it should have changed everything, but tradition won. Tradition won, and, but uh, we, don't, we don't follow Jewish traditions. We follow the Bible and the facts. And so with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for uh, this lesson and the things that we can learn from it. I pray, Lord, you'll help us not to get caught up in... Uh, the weird fantasies of this world, but we'll uh, always trust your word uh, first and foremost and uh, stay focused on the things you told us to stay focused on. In your name we pray. Amen. And here we are going down to Hezekiah's tunnel. Brother Paul getting the money shots right here. Getting, getting some behind the scenes look into the new documentary. It's pretty nifty. Oh, wow. This goes way down.
and then and then they blew the ram's horn and all the people said, Mom, David King Solomon. This is the original water of the human kingdom. So this part was not. They got here was from the Gion Spring. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So just kind of perspective. Down there where all those people are at. That's probably more the area where the temple was, where the place that you're used to is on the other side of that wall. Well, presence over here should give the hearts of your... Okay. Which makes sense because it would line up with the, the, the springs. Right, and isn't that over, right over there? That's, yep. That's So the right over here is where the temple would have been. Up in that area there. That's the city of David. Yep. So this would have led to it. Yep. Yeah, Which, so, it might have been like a uh, the, the main walkway to the temple. Right. This whole area right here. Yep. So yeah, so this valley is going to go right down by right by where the temple would have been. Right there, that's Mount Zion, and that's where Jesus is going to rule from. This is where it's all going down. Something was uh, was not, you know. During the first temple period, they made a lot of uh, what we call the uh, we call it in Hebrew avodazara. It means, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a, a work that you do not for not for one god, other, other gods and all that. Yeah, these are, yeah, this is it. This looks so much different than the new Bob Yeah, it's changed a lot. This is probably where they did sacrifices back in a very long time ago.